Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Bill, did you have a great Christmas? Ah, it was wonderful, and I hope you had a wonderful one. I did, I did. Good. Well, I I hope everyone had a meaningful Christmas. Um, Obviously, for us, it was uh, a good bit quieter (laughs) than our normal uh, Christmas, of course, uh, I, I don't enjoy grandchildren yet. Uh, that will probably be uh, hopefully in years to come. So that that uh, will clearly make Christmas a little more raucous than uh, <laughs> what we enjoy. Ours is pretty tame. But you should be in that raucous stage. So how about you? Bill, I should have just recorded everything so that you could uh, live vicariously through me. But yeah, I've got a four-year-old and a ten-month-old at home, so yeah, Christmas was uh, was very raucous on, on my end. Uh, 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 that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I know that that lots of memories were made in your home. So uh, well, and and did you see uh, on Monday night? Did you see the Bethlehem Star? That was pretty cool. We did get a nice look at that. Well, we did too, and and to me that is just so cool. And of course, it's not a star at all. It was actually the coming together of two planets, uh, but it was a clear night, and uh, it was. Um, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it? Wasn't it Jupiter and Saturn? Those com- are the two yeah. coming together, uh, and it was. It was beautiful. Actually, when I first saw it, it, it I, I wasn't sure that it was what I thought it was because it was so unusual. And it sort of looked like an airplane at first because it seemed to have wings. Did and so, did, But you saw it. What did you see? Uh, well, I've got a, a telescope at home. My son is uh, very into the solar system and stars and planets. So we've got a telescope at home. So we were able to break that out and get a, a very nice look at it. Well, to me, it, it was so interesting uh, because it seemed to vacillate in terms of how bright it was, but it was clearly the most visible thing uh, in the sky. And it was, uh, you know, uh, and the fact that it is not once in a lifetime event, but once in centuries event, you know, I. Uh, from what I have uh, gathered, uh, this only happens once every six to eight hundred years or so. Is that right? Yeah, I don't think we'll be around for the next one. <laughs> Luckily, we were but, able to catch but, this. You one. know, but but what is so more meaningful to, to me uh, is the fact that the speculation is that this uh, it was in fact the event that uh, that we read about in the Bible. And so, you know, to me, it's just really special that we had the opportunity to, to see what may have been seen uh, at, at the time of, of the birth of Christ. So it, it's just so cool. <laughs> it was an amazing experience. And, uh, yeah, when you look at that perspective, it's... Uh... It, it really ties in Christmas. No question about it. Well, anyway, today, you know, today is, is uh, a big day. I suspect uh, some folks are already out in their, their cars uh, going to the stores um, for after Christmas shopping. 
and exchanges. I mean, uh, you know, today is, uh, uh, well, <laughs> I feel sorry for you if you're in those, will be in those crowds. I, I know that late this, uh, actually right now and later today, the crowds are going to be pretty, pretty packed. Uh, and of course, uh, we want to keep our distance, so that'll make it even more difficult. But, uh, uh, but, but, you know, it's the kind of thing where the, th these are the things that need to be done. And, of course, the sales are even better now than they have been uh, for the last month or so. Uh, so we just have to get out there. But, uh, you know, when, when I think about exchanges, uh, I, I get asked um, frequently uh, from, from folks who are selling or plan to sell highly appreciated property um, is there a way we can avoid having to pay income tax? And of course, uh, particularly when it comes to real estate, uh, there are a couple ways, and there are two big ways. Um, one is far better than the other for most families, but, uh, and what am I talking about? I'm talking about what's called a 1031 exchange, and it's a real estate exchange for business property. Now, most people don't need this kind of transaction for their home because uh, with with your home, if you're married, you actually have a $500,000 exemption so that you don't have to pay income tax unless you really have a very, very, very valuable house. Uh, as your primary residence, uh, it's called that's called a 121 exemption. If you're single, the exemption's two hundred fifty thousand dollars, exactly half. Uh, so that uh, is extremely helpful. But when you have other properties, like it could be anything from farmland to rental houses, or a beach house, or a mountain house, or commercial property, any any kind of real estate. Uh, that is used for business purposes. Uh, you know, in other words, if you have a beach house that you rent or a mountain house that you rent, uh, then it's it's something that can be used uh, in an exchange. Now, technically, a 1031 exchange is a deferral of income tax. It's it's not, in essence, a tax free uh, transaction, but the deferral of tax means you don't have to pay tax, which is, for most of us, that's the same thing. <laughs> and so, um, uh, now, when it comes uh, to a 1031 exchange, what, is, what does that mean? It, it means that when you sell a piece of property uh, and it has, a, um, uh, let's say that you've depreciated it out, and uh, so the, there would be a fairly large capital gains tax. The way to avoid it is to exchange that property for another property. And it's, it's not a land swap. It's basically where, where you sell your first piece of property with the intention of buying another piece of property. And it's, uh, there are a number of rules, and I would say don't do this without some professional help. Uh, but quite frankly, those who've done it before uh, typically know what the rules are, and, and it's fairly easy to do. But one of the main rules is that uh, when you 
uh, enter into the contract to sell your first home, uh, you really should put in that contract that it's your intention for it to be a 1031 uh, real estate exchange. And that tells the closing attorney uh, who helps to close that you, as the seller, cannot touch that money. And so the, the money from the sale of the property goes to what's called a qualified intermediary. And my recommendation is that uh, that intermediary should be a title insurance company. Um, we have uh, one in North Carolina in Chapel Hill, Investors Title Insurance Company, one of the best companies around. Uh uh, the, the key about using a, a, a qualified intermediary, intermediary like that is your money's safe. Uh, <laughs> uh, you have to be careful of these fly-by-night intermediaries because your money is not necessarily safe uh, if you're just using a qualified, you know, a fly-by-night. And, and some closing attorneys actually use the fly-by-night so, uh, uh, companies so you, you, as the seller, can control where your money goes. I would strongly recommend <laughs> that you do that, uh, that, that you control where your money goes because you cannot touch it. And, and there are a number of other uh, rules involved in terms of an exchange. But you have to identify properties that you would like to buy within 45 days of when you sell that property. So for some folks, they've already got their property identified uh, when they sell their property. Because, well, if you think about it, most of the time when you sell your property, it takes you a month to close after you enter your contract. And and you should be using that period of time to be looking, if you haven't already found it, that property that you would like to purchase. And of course, it helps if the property that you're purchasing uh, uh, uses up all of the money, all of the equity in the transaction. Because if it doesn't, then you would uh, owe capital gains tax on any money that's not used. Now, you can purchase more than one property, um, and that's that's important uh, for you to understand, too. And so sometimes people will um, uh, have that one property that they want, and then they'll invest the boot, if you will, the extra into another type of an uh, of investment, or they just pay the tax. Um, some folks will use a real estate investment trust, a REIT, uh, for the boot, uh, depending on how much money is involved, to avoid paying the capital gains tax. But you have to be extraordinarily careful with real estate investment trusts because they're really hard to get out of. Um, in other words, you can't. They're most of those uh, are not um, investments that you can say I want to sell my interest because you can't control when it is sold. So I would caution people uh, about using real estate investment trusts unless you really know what you're doing. Uh, it typically doesn't work out well uh, as well as you would like. <laughs> <laughs> for it too. Uh, so but 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 it, it is important for you to identify and the forms have to be filed with the Internal Revenue Service. 
uh, and you can't touch the money. Uh, the the intermediary actually uses the money to to purchase the new business property that you're looking at, and then you um, uh, if, if you do it right, then and you follow all the rules, and you have to close on the new property. Um, if I if I recall. Uh, within 180 days of um, uh, when you actually sold the first property. So you have to identify the properties, and then you have to close on those properties. Um, uh, and if you do it in that order, uh, then all works out. Now, you, you also have what's called a reverse exchange. Those are much more expensive, and you again, you need to go through a good qualified intermediary, and that's where you actually buy the house that you want to exchange into before you sell your other, uh, your first property. That's called a reverse exchange. And, and it works, but it is much more expensive uh, to you. Sometimes it's just better to pay the tax. It just really depends on how much capital gain. Now, I said there was another way. So what's the other way? The other way is to use a charitable remainder trust where you put the highly appreciated property into the trust where the charity will actually get the property uh, at your death and you get the income stream from it without having to pay the tax. And if you have charitable intentions, yes, that works. But most people, once they find out that they're, they lose the property to the charity at some point at their death, so their children don't get it, most people walk away from that option. Of course, for those who do have charitable intentions, then the Charitable Remainder Trust allows you to have a much larger income stream during your lifetime because you're not paying that capital gains tax and you have the entire amount to create that income stream for you. So both work, but for most families, they're going to choose the 1031 exchange. Now, I know we have to take a break, but there's another exchange you want to talk about, and that's called a 1035 exchange. And so we'll talk about that when we come back. Excellent. We will get to that in just a bit. I want to remind you, if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, you can go online to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. It's also where you can register for January's seminars. WGALaw.com is the place to go. Or don't forget, you can also call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Find more about him online at WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. Com. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and Bill, we're fresh off a Christmas holiday here where plenty of exchanges of gifts were done, but we're talking about a different kind of different kinds of exchanges today. We went over the 1031 exchange, real estate exchange, and uh, I believe we also mentioned the 121, and there's another exchange that we need to get to, Bill. Yes, that is the 1035 exchange, and that it um, that is an exchange of one financial product for another financial product. Now, this is not 
uh, about uh, selling shares of stock or the like. You, there's not an exchange for that. You just pay the tax, <laughs> okay? But I get, I, I get questions frequently from folks about, should I liquidate my life insurance policy? You know, I've been paying on it for 40 years, and I don't need it anymore. Why shouldn't I just cash it in? Well, uh, that is a possibility, but a lot of folks don't realize that when you cash in a life insurance policy, that is a taxable event. So you you do, in fact, pay income tax when you look, for at least most people, uh, depending on the policy and how it's structured and how much you've paid for it and all of those kinds of things, uh, but it is a taxable event. So... Uh, the better question is, is there something else I can do uh, with it other than just liquidate it and have to pay tax that I don't want to pay anyway? Because one thing, there, first of all, life insurance uh, has, has gotten better and better and better as, as financial products over my lifetime. You know, back when I was a young man and I had a uh, a, a friend from college who sold me my first life insurance policy, uh, and I was very fortunate. I, I, my policies were purchased with a very, very good company, uh, and and it's worked out extremely well for me. Uh, the policies that I've had, but back, you know, back then, because we're talking, golly day, <laughs> I hate to admit it, we're talking almost fifty years ago. Life insurance really wasn't as good a deal as it is today. I mean, the, the policies today are far more competitive, far better in terms of being investment uh, if, investments, if you will. And they're different kinds of life insurance. I mean, for instance, um, there is what's called term insurance, and that's where you don't build up any cash value. But... And, and that's what young people clearly should buy for to protect their families in terms of having a mortgage that has to be paid on their home and to replace income for their spouse and children uh, and, and, the, and the like. And so term insurance tends to be very inexpensive, but except in a tragedy, it doesn't pay out because in all uh, – I mean – Term insurance only pays out about 1% of the time, and that's why it's so inexpensive, because it expires before the great majority of us die. <laughs> and so, uh, or it's because uh, we get to a certain age, and our mortgage is paid off, and our children are grown, and we're getting ready to retire, and we don't need it anymore, so we stop paying for it. Um, uh, and then the, there's what's called whole life and uh, truthfully, for those who can afford it, it is much more expensive. But a lot of folks don't realize that with a whole life policy, which bills cash value, uh, and if you can afford that, it's a much better deal because with a good life insurance company, a, a whole life policy, uh, assuming that the economy uh, you know, continues to uh, churn along, uh, pays for itself in about 15 years. So uh, it could pay for itself earlier than that in a great economy. It, if, if things weren't great, 
Uh, it might take 15, 16, 17 years or more, 18 years. But the, the truth is, over a period of years, eventually it pays for itself, so you don't have to pay premiums anymore because inside the policy, the dividends actually cover the cost of the premiums. And so you have the choice of either continuing to pay premiums or not because life insurance is really uh, pretty cool. It's um, asset protected in North Carolina. In other words, creditors can't take it away from you regardless of the cash value. It grows income tax-free inside the policy, and the um, death benefit pays out income tax-free to your family. Now, a lot of people don't know because a lot of folks don't think about this. Life insurance is includable in your estate for estate tax purposes. The value of your life insurance policy and the value of your policy at your death when estate tax you know, raises its ugly head, is about the same dollar as the death benefit. It's not exactly the same, but it's very, very close in most policies. And so if you have a larger estate, that's something that you have to worry about. Now, for the last few years, what's called um, life insurance trusts, islets, have sort of gone out of favor because the estate tax exemption has been so high that only a, a small portion of families even have to worry about estate tax. However, already written into the law, the estate tax exemption is falling down to from where it is now on high down to $5 million, which again is far more than most of us have to worry about. But for those families that um, are in that five to ten million dollar category of net worth, then their life insurance can make it worse on their kids in terms of having to pay estate tax because it is includable. No income tax, but you could have estate tax. And so there are two ways of avoiding that. <laughs> One is um, where the children actually own the policy. That's, that's what I call the poor man's trust. Uh, and it's better if more than one child owns the policy because if uh, that way they, if you have multiple children own the policy, then they have to conspire to change the beneficiary. And that's a good thing. Um, or you can create a trust, an irrevocable trust that owns the policy. And it's best if that trust is created at the time that you purchase the policy. So uh, otherwise, if you gift the policy into a trust, you it takes three years from the time of the gift before it's actually outside of your estate. So there are a lot of interesting things like that. And you're looking at me, so I know we have to take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about these financial exchanges. We will get into these exchanges a bit more, but as you can see, the uh, tax ramifications of uh, a whole life insurance policy is something that you want to consider. You may need some professional help to do that. Bill is an, a wonderful elder law attorney, award-winning elder law attorney. Schedule an appointment to speak with him if you have questions about your situation and want to make sure that you're doing the best move financially for yourself. Go to WGALaw.com. Schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also call the office at 919 256 
7,000. And don't forget, WGALaw.com is also where you can register for Bill's free seminars. Next ones are coming up on Wednesday, January 13th. These have to do with long-term care assistance, Medicaid benefits, VA benefits as well, and Bill's other seminar deals with asset protection and trust planning. It's all online. It's free to register. WGALaw.com is the website to go to and just click on that seminars button. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be back after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can always find more about him online at WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're talking about real estate exchanges here, Bill. We, we're having a conversation on life insurance as well, but I know there are more exchanges that we need to get to. Uh, well, yeah, it's much broader than most f- people think, but it's um, but life insurance is something that a lot of folks own, and they don't know what to do with them. And so, the 1035 exchange, uh, it's you can take a life insurance policy, uh, and you can, uh, uh, in a tax-free environment, uh, exchange it for another life insurance policy with different riders to it. Uh, For instance, a life insurance policy with a long-term care rider, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, You can do it. Let's say that that you want to exchange it, but you're not healthy anymore. Well, you can exchange it for an annuity with a long-term care rider on the annuity, which uh, is uh, pretty cool. Or if you're in good health, you could exchange it for a long-term care insurance policy with um, uh, with no taxable event. So all of that's pretty cool. Uh, but you but it's broader than that. In other words, uh, you can exchange an annuity contract for another annuity contract. So if you have a basic annuity and you want to exchange it for an annuity with a long-term care rider. Here you go. That's a way you can do that. Um, so um, there are a number of ways that you can ex- exchange, uh, in essence, insurance policies. And, of course, life insurance, endowment contracts, and annuities, uh, all and long-term care insurance, all fall into this category where you can exchange um, a, a certain types of uh, financial products for another type. But the most common exchange, the one that works, is where you're exchanging a life insurance policy for a different life insurance policy uh, with such as a long-term care rider or uh, an annuity with a long-term care rider or the like. Um, now, sometimes it's a good idea to exchange a policy simply because you have an old policy that not that great, and you can exchange what you have for a better policy that will grow faster, stronger, better uh, for your uh, family uh, to get out of a, a mediocre policy for a much better policy. Those those are other ways that you can use your financial products without necessarily liquidating them and paying the income tax on the liquidation. So there are a lot of options that folks do not explore 
um, that can be extremely helpful to them. So, you know, this is an exchange day, so just, just remember that there are other ways to exchange other than Christmas gifts. Uh, so if you have highly appreciated real estate and you want to exchange it for other real estate, that might be more beneficial to you. Or if you have a financial product that you want to exchange, both of these can be done. Obviously, they both should have some good advice that goes with them. You don't want to try to do this unless you know exactly what you're doing and how to do that. Uh, but uh, they're both can be very helpful in, in terms of def- deferring and avoiding income tax. <laughs> and I think that's something that we can all support. We don't want to pay any more than, than we have to, Bill. So, yeah, that's wonderful advice. Please seek out professional advice if this is something that you're interested in exploring. Uh, well, Bill, what's next on the docket? Well, you know, here we have uh, we have less than a week before what? New Year's. Okay, so what should we be doing, Jason? Uh, I don't know. Making some resolutions? Absolutely. I mean, you don't want to wait until the first to be thinking about next year and the things that we need to be doing. Uh, So, yeah, resolutions are really important uh, as it relates uh, to that. And, of course, truthfully, this year has been a year where we should have been looking inward about our own families, our own priorities, um, because things obviously have been very different for many, many, many uh, families. Um, And and so, uh, you know, resolutions are pretty hollow unless uh, uh, we really mean to do it and stick to it. And, and of course, uh, so it, it's so important, I think, that we assess where we are and try to uh, create um, changes. Um, but, you know, um, uh, when it comes to planning and resolutions, it, it's, uh, you know, I talk about this with my asset protection seminars all the time, and that is that the time to plan is now while things are okay and you're not in crisis. Um, you know, planning after the crisis doesn't work very well. And, and, and of course, so many families have, have already learned that lesson, unfortunately, because so many folks in this economy has, are struggling. They've lost their jobs, uh, that, you know, the, uh, uh, or, or, and uh, the jobs are not available. You know, it's really tough for a lot of families. We're, we really and truly have two economies out there. Um, uh, and, and so um, obviously for a lot of folks, it's just struggle with how do we find enough money to purchase the food that we need or the shelter that is uh, that we have to have. Um, you know, that, that pretty much... Uh, takes priority over everything else uh, in in terms of just struggling through this. But you know, for for those of folks who are not struggling, it, hopefully we have reassessed to some degree about the importance of families and how we structure what we have uh, and what we do with what we have. And of course, I've also talked about talking with our families. Uh, and of course, for some of us, that's just been over Zoom. 
Um, uh, but that's okay too. You know, uh, Zoom and, and all of the other platforms out there uh, are opportunities to talk. But the question is, what do you talk about? A- and so I would ask you, ha- you know, we've just gone through the holiday season with, with uh, Thanksgiving uh, and Christmas. And of course, we're coming up on New Year's, um, which is not necessarily a family time, but it, it, it is for a lot of us. But it's like, have you noticed changes in, uh, for the worse in your parents or grandparents, things that cause you a little bit of alarm? Um, or have you, I mean, if you have, have you talked about what your parents or grandparents actually want for themselves? Have you talked to them about what their desires are if they have health issues? Um, you know, so many folks avoid those conversations and they're so important to have. So it's, it's like, Okay, guys, this needs to be a resolution. If you haven't already done it, talk to and if and and if you're the senior, then by damn, talk to your kids. Make sure they know what it is that you want for yourselves, uh, how they might help you achieve what you want. And that's everything from healthcare decisions. If you can't uh, speak for yourself and tell what you want in a crisis, you need to make sure there's someone. And yes, your spouse probably knows what you want, but your kids likely don't. So talk to your kids. Even if they say, no, Dad, we don't want to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about it, but it's so important to talk about. And the kids actually should embrace the conversation because it's so important. And it's not just healthcare issues. It's although there is another piece of healthcare, and that is not necessarily just being in the hospital, but what about long-term care? How to provide it? What are some of the options and alternatives for that? Um, what about funeral wishes? You know, one of the nicest gifts my mother gave our family was the fact that she had planned out her funeral. She told us what, who she wanted to, to preach at the service, who, she, who you know, what uh, Bible verses she wanted, what hymns she wanted sung. I mean, gee whiz, that took all of the pressure off of us because we knew what she wanted. So, you know, unless you talk about it, unless you write it down, uh, unless you make it available uh, so that your family actually knows your wishes, you know, they're not going to get it right. (laughs) So uh, talking with others and listening might be the most important uh, resolution you can make for yourself. Uh, listen to each other. You know, it, it's one of the things that I talk to my my uh, team members here at the office and my associates. It, it truthfully, listening is the most important thing we can do for each other, uh, and it's one of those uh, things that um, uh, a lot of folks just don't do. <laughs> so let's make a resolution to listen to each other. That's a great resolution. And uh, listening really is a skill and one that we can all work on and improve. But you're exactly right, Bill. It is uh, it is so important to understand what other people are saying and understand what they're trying to communicate and making sure that you understand the wishes of your loved ones is so important as 
uh, Bill alluded to earlier. You don't want to be in a crisis situation and not have a plan. And knowing the wishes and desires of your loved ones is so key. And if you need assistance with that, why don't you get a hold of Bill? Schedule an appointment to see him. Make sure that your legal documents are in order. If you would like to set up an estate plan, Bill can help in that regard as well. WGALaw.com is the website to go to. That's where you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also register for his seminars coming up on Wednesday, January 13th. It's free to register, free to attend, and you can do this from the comfort of your own home as this will be done as a webinar. All you need is a internet connection and an email address and you're good to go wgalaw.com just click on the seminars button or you can call the office 919-256-7000 a quick break and back with more this is asset protection today with attorney bill alexander and we'll be right back Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking New Year's resolutions. We've talked about the importance of communicating our wishes to our loved ones and making sure that we're having some of those difficult and challenging conversations about what our wishes are as we uh, maybe approach the end of our life or what, you know, we, we want that end of life experience to be like, but there are plenty of other resolutions out there that we should be well, making I, note of. Jason, I, I have always focused on life issues. Life issues are what's important. Death issues are, are particularly, they're easy, no big deal other than the fact that we lose someone that we don't want to lose. Uh, that's the hard part for those who are left behind. But but um, after our resolution to diet and after, you know, to, to lose that weight that we've gained over the last month or so, and we have our resolution to exercise more, and of course, that if you have not been doing that, then I would suggest baby steps. You know, you don't want to go a marathon if you've never done one. Uh, you know, just stretching is a pretty good thing. That's that's about all I can say that I do personally, um, uh, at least regularly. I'll do that every day. But but in terms of the cardiovascular stuff, you know, I really need to do better. So that's part of my resolution. So after we get past the better diet losing the weight we've gained over the last holiday season, uh, and taking baby steps on our exercise regimen, then the, the next thing we need to do is how do we get the rest of our house in order? And, and that takes planning because most of us are not particularly well organized, and we haven't structured on how to take the baby steps to get our financial house in order. Uh, and part of that uh, you know, and I talk about this with asset protection. It's uh, you have to have a foundation to build asset protection. And part of that is having the right kind of liability insurance. It's also about having your uh, financial house in order and having your legal documents in order. Um, and so obviously being a planner myself, I and this is very self-serving, but get 
some planning done. Come to see us. <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of folks have not looked at their legal documents or they don't have legal documents. Well, guess what? You need them. Every, every person, young and old, need six, at least six estate planning documents. Uh, and those, uh, there are an awful lot of folks that need to add trusts on top of that. But the six basic documents, uh, a will, a, a power of a financial power of attorney, and we recommend particularly for our, our older clients advanced powers. That's the one document that most seniors get wrong, and it costs them a lot of money because they get it wrong. They haven't talked to an elder law attorney about how to get it right. Uh, and so many people ignore what I'm saying right now. This is something you should not ignore. Um, you need a health care power of attorney. You need what's called in North Carolina an advanced directive for natural death. A lot of states call it a living will. But you got to have one. You really need it. It's an important document. And you need a, a medical release that's HIPAA compliant. That um, is federal law. It's a requirement. You need to have it as part of your health care documents. And uh, even more important today, you need a digital release because nobody sends you paper statements anymore. Everybody wants everything online. So now it's so important to have your usernames and passwords available to your uh, trusted family members. And, and you have to have it in a, in a safe and secure place. Um, and so that digital release is important. So there are six documents that all of us need to have. If you haven't had your documents reviewed in a number of years and, you know, your children have grown since the time you did a will or you've never had your documents done, just realize that your last will and testament is not the most important document in terms of what you need. Yes, it's an important document. Yes, you should have one so that you can dictate how your property is uh, transferred at your death. But it, it, your life issues are important as well. So all of these documents are extremely important to you. You shouldn't delay. You should not procrastinate. That's the problem. If there's a resolution for you, it's not to procrastinate in terms of getting this planning done. You know, there's so many folks out there that say, oh, I can put this off till next week. I can put this off till next month. But the truth is we don't know how long we can put it off. And having it done in advance is the important part of having it done. And then you can rest a little while, recognizing that if you don't get it exactly right, you can change it later. But the truth is, don't expect perfection. Just get get it done. Be, you know, Tiger Woods has always said that, <laughs> you know, if he can get it ninety percent, he's doing great. Uh, you know, and he's a pro. <laughs> so it's the same thing with financial planning. It's the same thing with legal planning. Uh, the procrastination is the is our enemy, so get it done. And if you're worried about the amount of work that goes into it, it's, it's really just about having a conversation with your loved one. Bill, I, you've actually got my documents sitting here in front of me. I went ahead and, and got that taken care of, so that's one New Year's resolution down for me. No, 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 no. You still have to sign your documents. I do have to sign them, <laughs> but uh, that's the easy part, right? Yeah. That's the easy part, so I just have to get that done. And I highly recommend you getting a hold of Bill and his team. Go to WGA Law. 
Com. It's an easy way to schedule an appointment with Bill. You can also call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. Make that New Year's resolution and go ahead and reach out to Bill. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Be sure to go online to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's where you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can register for Bill's free seminars coming up on Wednesday, January 13th, dealing with long-term care assistance and also asset protection and trust planning. It's free to register, free to attend. Go to WGALaw.com or you can call the office 919 919- Two five six seven thousand nine one nine two five six seven thousand. We hope you had a wonderful Christmas. We will be back with you next weekend. Be sure to join us then for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a great day.